In a world where absolutely nothing makes sense, you've come to the right place for answers to life's deepest questions. The Well, What the Fuck Podcast. Here's your hosts, Cree and John. And welcome back. Hey, everyone. How's it? How you doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, again, having a lot of fun with those bumpers. They're so much fun. They really are. So, I had something really weird weird happened to me this week. Bring it. And by the way, that that's perfect because that kind of goes along with the name of the show. So yeah, bring it on. Total WTF moment. So right now I'm training for a half marathon and I'm running it on June 1st. So 30 days from now. Okay. And I was outside doing my run and halfway, like just about at the halfway mark, I just started crying and not like a little cry, but like bawling, ugly faced, just crying. People are driving by. There's a man on a scooter like driving by. And the weirdest thing was like, I wasn't feeling any emotion at the time. I was like, I wasn't listening to my favorite song or Mm -hmm. I felt good on my run. I didn't feel great. I didn't feel bad. I was just kind of in the zone and I was Mm -hmm. just cruising along, spontaneously combust basically. And then I have allergies so bad I had to stop because then I couldn't breathe. And then like 30 seconds later it was over and I just kept running. So it wasn't like an emotional release? like I mean, it must have been, but uh, I've had those before, you know, where you're just, you just cry and then you feel better afterwards. Like, so were you thinking about anything? No, that's the weird thing about it. My mind was blank. I was just running. I felt fine. And then I just oh. kept going. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm wondering if that's ever happened to anybody else. I wonder if you need to be checked out by a doctor. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> well, that's probably, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but I mean... <laughs> So many things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, uh, huh. It was really I got weird. nothing. Yeah, normally I can pinpoint something like that, but I was just like. Yeah, you would think that you'd be able to go like, oh, well, it was because I was this or because I was that or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So please tell me I'm not alone. If there's anybody out there who has ever experienced something like that, <laughs> I would really love to hear about it. No, I will tell you that um, I... I mean, I have had kind of like that emotional release where it's like just all of a sudden something just hits you. Um, I don't know if I told you that when I had the, when I was going through the worst part of my back injury, the, uh, I had gotten steroid shots basically into my back after being in such pain for so long that uh, when I got the shots, the the effect the healing effect was so quick or the, the pain going away was so immediate that like literally I walked to the car, got into the car and fully just broke down oh like for like 10 minutes. Oh. I, I was just, it was going from being in so much pain to having no pain. My body was just like, uh, we've been storing all of this up and you're getting all of it right now. Right, so, right. So luckily Chris was driving or else I would have uh, crashed the car like a thousand times over. Yeah. So, yeah. But there, I, you know, I could pinpoint exactly what I was from. So, uh, yeah. 
Well, hey, we came here with a topic in mind. We should probably dive into it. Let's do it. All right. So this week, we are going to talk about some tools for organization. This is one of those topics where, first off, it could be a very, very wide scope because there's a lot of different types of things. So I, I'm thinking about different tools that I use for some of them are for productivity. Some of them are strictly business related. Maybe some of them are straight personal related and a lot of iPhone apps. So, and I said iPhone apps, you don't own an iPhone. I don't. So we'll maybe make that mobile apps. Because I think a lot of the ones that I use are kind of cross-platform anyway, and I, I would assume the same coming the other way. So let's do this. Why don't we kick it off? I'm going to throw it over at you. What is your number one productivity tool when it comes to helping you organize your day-to-day around your business? My calendar. So I use um, Google Calendar. And I love using Google because it'll sync with everything. And I've got um, a business account with Google. So all of my email and everything is all run through um, Google systems or whatever. So I I use all of their products. But by far, my calendar. um, Sunday night, I'll look through the week and I'll just kind of plan my week and I'll block off any time. I kind of know what's going on ahead of time and I can just get myself prepared for the week. And then I also know where I have time to fit like last minute things that come up or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And it's been excellent because I know right away whether or not I'm available and I can easily just say no if, if somebody is requesting meeting or a call or anything like that, then, um, then I can just easily know what's going on. So for you, if it's not on your calendar, you're not doing it. No, and in fact, if it's not on my calendar, I'll forget about stuff. Yeah. So this is one of my big things, too. I have really been starting to, uh, probably over the past year, I would say, really getting a lot better at just writing those things down and putting them on the calendar. And I think a lot of that has to do with all those times you end up double booked. And then you go, oh, I was supposed to be over there on Saturday, but I already told this other person I'm going to do this other thing, which is fine if it's like a personal, like, hey, I can't make it to the party, but it sucks a lot more when it's like, uh, sorry, client two, I already told client one, I'm going to be on a call at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That just looks so crappy. Yeah. So I have my calendar synced with a tool called Calendly. Mm -hmm. And what I can do is if... Anybody needs to, if I need to meet with anybody, so in person, on a call, I even use the same tool to schedule my podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. It's automatically synced to my Google calendar. So the reason why it's important for me to go in and block out my time is because when I send this link out, then anybody who needs to meet with me, they can just go on my calendar, look at my availability and schedule the time. I used it for quite a while as well. And holy cow, what it's, if you want to save the emails back and forth between the, Hey, what day and time are you available? Oh, well, I'm not available at that time. Forget that crap. Here's a link. It shows you all of my availability. Just pick a time. I don't care. Yeah. It's awesome. So good. I do wish they had like a one-time use link though, because once you send out 
the link to mm. your calendar, people have it forever. So I've had oh, the time too point. where it's like, um, you know, I haven't updated my calendar maybe a month from now. And so people will schedule because they just have that link, oh. you know? So I do wish they had the one, the one time use link. But, that's uh, smart. Yeah. That's smart. I do, you know, I do know that they have like the different, like you can set up different segments or different times. Like here's a 15 minute call option. Here's an hour long call option. So I'm wondering if you can maybe do something like that. And if the URL is different enough that it's smart, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I have it phone calls in person, video calls, and then podcast. So yes, you're yeah. right. So if they have like a video call link, then, but it's still access to, it still oh, yeah. impacts my whole calendar regardless. For sure. But Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. you got to go back in and be like, look, dude, I know you just scheduled me for that, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't, you know, you having access to my calendar wasn't free reign for you to stomp all over it. Right, right. S set up shop. Yeah. So kind of, I'm going to piggyback on that one because that's a... Uh, one of the things for me, calendar big, definitely knowing when I've got to do stuff. But the other thing is for me, a lot of times stuff comes up throughout the day where I'm like, oh, I need to do that thing or I need to do a thing. And I need an easy way to kind of have one single spot where I can go, even if it's a, a temporary spot before I can put it onto the calendar, but an easy spot to throw stuff that I'm going to go in and then triage. And for me, I use an app called Todoist. Have you used it? That's the one I use. Nice. Okay. I love it. Uh, holy crap. This, uh, somebody at work showed it to me that they were, they were using it and it keeps all kinds of crazy stats, like how many different projects or tasks that you've completed and stuff like that. And he passed like some milestone of like 5,000 tasks or something like that. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a lot of tasks. That is, yeah. But when I had a conversation with him about it, he was basically putting every single small task that comes up, he was just putting it on that list. So you would mark something as done. For him, marking something as done would have been even potentially like uh, schedule a call with Cree. So as soon as he does that, the meeting with Cree hasn't happened, but the actual step of remembering to put it on the friggin' calendar has been done. And that was the important part. Because for me, I always, my problem is I remember that I need to do something while I'm out. So I needed something that I could do from my phone or while I'm at my desk, but all have it funnel into the same spot. Because I used to end up putting it like, sometimes it was in my iPhone notes. Sometimes it was on notes on my desktop or in Evernote or in this or in that. Oh God, it was everywhere. Todoist, one-stop shopping. Yeah, I use the tool in the same way. And here's another thing. Since I started using Todoist, and I'm going to mention this, a tool is only good if you use it. So you can Amen. have all the For tools sure. in the world, but if you're not using it, there's no point in even using it. But I do the same thing and it's helped me sleep or it's helped me, really? it's helped me concentrate. Yes, because things aren't floating around in my head where uh, I'm distracted by, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. Oh, you know? That's awesome. Um, so by doing that, and I was doing the same thing. I was sending myself emails. I was sending myself text messages, like all this 
crazy stuff all over the place. So yes, yeah. Todoist, and it's so simple. It's just a s- super simple task list. You can arrange it by project or do whatever you want. And uh, yeah, I love it. Nice. Um, what are you doing these days for project management? Project management, I'm also using Todoist. Really? Yeah. So I don't have client projects, really. Mm -hmm. I have internal projects. So I, let's say I want to work on my marketing for one of my brands. Then I can have that project set up in Todoist and I can just list those tasks out that way. Got it. So you're literally just putting, so when you put something onto your list from while you're driving in the car, riding safely in the passenger seat in the car. Of course. Let's say. Yes. 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 Uh, you just, which by the way, the, well, I'll tell you about it in a second, but you just kind of throw it straight on there and then it's, so you could even tag it with like when it's due and that is, so it's your kind of one-stop shop. Yeah. And that's, then that's great. When I look at my calendars on Sunday or sometimes Monday morning, sometimes I don't do it mm-hmm. on Sunday. Uh, the other thing too, is I give myself permission to just delete tasks that have been sitting there for a really long time or are not a priority. Mm-hmm. I just take them off. Triage. You have to do that. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes my task list is like 50 tasks long and then the same ones are down at the bottom just hanging out. And so, yeah. and that's another, another thing that's just reduced my stress levels is that big long list of stuff that gets so big in your head. It's, Mm -hmm. it's gone. And if it comes up again and I need it again, then I'll put it back on the list. But for the most part, a lot of that stuff isn't a priority. You know, it's funny you say that because I, uh, you know, when you go to conferences, like you have different conversations or you hear somebody speak about something and like you may not even like the takeaway that you get from it may not even have anything to do with the actual point of what they were talking about. And, um, for me, one of the things that sticks into my brain is something that I heard somebody say on stage a while back. Uh, somebody asked him when he was flying out after the conference. And he says, I don't know. And uh, he said, they, they said, well, what do you mean? You don't, how do you not know? He's like, it's not important for me to know that information right now. I know that I fly home tomorrow And that's as close as I could tell you because I don't need to know that right now. So it's not floating around in my brain that I have to be ready at X o'clock. I can just, when the time comes that I need to know that information tomorrow morning, I'll look it up then or tonight before I go to bed. And I, that's what it sounds like when you talk about Todoist in that way is you can move all of that crap out of your brain into something like Todoist and then you you can literally forget about it until you maybe are looking on your calendar and you've got that, okay, this two-hour block of time is for marketing. Let me go look at my marketing tasks. I'm going to do number one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of that a lot. Yeah, another thing that I force myself to do because I am the queen of going down rabbit holes. I'll get a new idea (laughs) or some new YouTube video will pop on. I don't know. Something will happen. Next thing you know, I'm down somewhere else. So the, the promise that I've made to myself this year, this just started this year is whatever I have on my task list to doist, 
I have got to finish those first. And then if I have time that afternoon, I can go chase whatever, whatever rabbit hole I want. Yeah. You know? But um, I found that I go down less rabbit holes because my day is filled with the important stuff that I need to focus on. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So you're kind of self-triaging as well as you're going through the list. Yeah, and I literally have conversations with myself. Okay, Cree, you need to <laughs> stay focused. <laughs> and then, you know, I have a little laugh to myself over here in my office and then just get to work. Yeah, but it's, it's working. It's working really well. That's fantastic. I'm going to tell you about another tool that um, I kind of combine with Todoist to really kind of make that, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to remember to even put something on the list. And so I like to make things as easy as possible. I have a tool that is, I, I believe it's Mac only. So if you're not on a Mac, I apologize. But uh, have you ever heard of Alfred? No. And I just read your blog. You just wrote okay. about this, and I, I'm, I'm excited to hear about it. I know nothing about it. So on, on a Mac, there, there is something called Spotlight, right? You hit Command and Space, and it pops up, and it's like a little thing where you can go Microsoft Word. You type in Microsoft Word, and it, it opens Microsoft Word for you. So imagine that, but on steroids. So with Alfred, what I did is um, I, re, I replaced the key shortcut of command space, instead of opening spotlight, now it opens up Alfred. So yes, you can use Alfred for opening up apps on your Mac. Uh, you can open up Alfred and then just type in a URL and it'll open up your default browser and immediately go to that website. You can connect it with like something like 1Password. So if you've got a site that you need to log into, you can actually connect it and have it Log, like type in the URL, go to 1Password, grab the URL, and log you all the way into your site, all in one step. But where the super amazing power is in it is you can create like custom workflows. So back in the day, I had one called Good Morning. So I would hit the buttons, type GM for Good Morning, and it would automatically open up my browser and open up the four tabs that I always need to go to in the morning. My task list, my stats, this and the other, like whatever they were. I don't remember the other two. It was a while ago. Automatically. So two keystrokes and I've, op I've taken, you know, 10 keystrokes or 50 keystrokes because I'm not typing in URLs or shortcuts and it's amazing. But one of the workflows that I found is related to Todoist. So I literally type command space, to-do, space, and then just start typing what I want. And it automatically goes into my list. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And be, you know how you were talking about having like the different channels like marketing or, you know, whatever, conference, whatnot. You just hashtag those things. So... um you know, if it's a marketing task, install Google Analytics, hashtag marketing, and it'll go, oh, add this to the marketing list. Click, done. That's awesome. Yeah. It is 
the biggest time saver because you're not having to constantly switch between apps to go to do the things that you need to do. Um, I use I use Alfred for so many things. I use it for like who is lookup if I need to know who owns a domain name. Um, you can make a short code for doing a search on Amazon or what eBay or whatever. It's so those rabbit holes that you get in, this would really help you on your rabbit hole dive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll be typing in there the whole time. Um, Seriously. Does it also search all the files on your Mac or on your computer? You can do that. Oh, you everything, can, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, That's you can do awesome. that. I use it for math all the time, which is great. So if I'm trying to figure something out, you just open it up equals, or you just type seven times 24. And if you hit enter, it actually puts the, uh, the result in the, uh, clipboard for you. So if you were doing some complex thing and you're like, I need to know this value so I could put it into a spreadsheet or put it into an email, boop, right on in there. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Do you use a note-taking app? Uh, like for random notes. So Yeah, yes. Simple note. Use I am also using Simple Note, John. No, you're not. I'm not kidding. I'm looking at it right now. I have Todoist right next to Simple Note. That is ridiculous. I used to use Evernote. Mm -hmm. And there's just too there's too much functionality. I didn't need all of it. All right. So I will tell you, I actually use both. Oh. I, I do use Evernote. Um, I read something a long, long time ago about how you basically can use Evernote as your brain and it stores everything for you. Um, and I, I move stuff into Evernote to kind of keep it because it is ridiculously great at searchable content. Um, it's fantastic. But for... I need, uh, you know, if I'm going to pick up fast food and the kids, I need to ask the kids what they want. Um, I need to take a quick note. Simple note is my go-to because it syncs across everything mm -hmm. instantly. Um, oh man, it's just so good. I love so that, good. I love that we're using some of the same tools. I'm sure glad we decided to put together a, 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 <laughs> a episode where we would kind of teach each other some stuff and we're both like, yep, already used that. Right, so. right. What other productivity apps are you using or methods, anything like that? So another one that I use that um, has been super helpful is an app called Dash. And so Dash has a lot of functionality built into it. Things like um, you can have it... it it has like all the documentation. So like if you need like WordPress documentation, like how to use this function or how to use that function, it has all of that stuff built in. Um, so what I like about it is it has WordPress, PHP, CSS, SAS, like it has all of this documentation, but it downloads them onto your machine and then they become super searchable right there. So if I'm working somewhere and I don't have internet access, because that's always the biggest problem is, you know, the idea of, oh, I'm going to go on a cruise, but then I'm going to have crappy internet and it's going to be super expensive. And if I need to do development, look up anything, how am I going to do that? Or if you're out somewhere remote? Well, with this, all of that stuff is kind of on your machine and you don't need the internet 
to, to look it up. So if it was only that that I used it for, that would be great. But the other thing that I use it for is it is without a doubt the best snippet library ever. So what you can do is I, I use an exclamation point. I'll do exclamation EM and it'll replace that with my email address. Or I do, like in the mornings we do a stand-up at work and where we, we list off the, here's what I did yesterday, here's what I'm going to do today, here's my blockers. And it's the same basic block layout of code. So I have a little exclamation stand-up, and it lists it all out, and then all I have to do is just go fill in the blanks. Yeah. So here's how you may be interested in using it. You know when you're dealing with folks and they're like, hey, do you have a, a bio that you can send me? Oh, yeah, I do. Hit reply in that email, exclamation point bio, and it just spits out my entire bio. I don't have to go and look it up. I don't have to go find it. It's just right there, one simple keystroke. And does it attach or does it go into the email? I just write it right into the That's email. That's awesome. Yeah. That's slick. Yeah. So those are keyboard shortcuts, right, that you're referring to? Yes. Correct. Which, is that a programmer thing, do you think? What's that, keyboard shortcuts? Yeah. I don't know. Do you yeah. use the keyboard shortcuts on, like, Gmail? I don't. I don't use any keyboard shortcuts. Like, I oh, use Command man. Space for Spotlight. Uh-huh. And that's about, and, of course, like, copy and paste. Right. But that's about it. I'll, I'm going to have to look at that a little closer, too. I will tell you that um, one of the biggest wastes of time in your day, and this is going to seem stupid, is moving your hand off the keyboard onto the mouse. If you do that enough times, like it's, it's a lot of wasted time. The more keyboard shortcuts you can learn. If you, do, if you take nothing away from this episode other than this one thing, go learn Gmail shortcuts. You... If you process a lot of emails, and I know you do, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to love this. Yeah. And while you're in Gmail, it'll pop up and I'll have like a little overlay down the right-hand side. So you could just see them there and go, okay, it's command X and ah. it does this, command space and it does that. So I use Airmail as my email um, tool, but oh, I know friend. that there are sh keyboard shortcuts in there too, so... Okay. I'm just have to learn. Well, um, we're going to just go all the way back to the beginning and talk about email for just a second because I'm going to tell you, if you don't know about using Gmail with their multiple inbox layout, um, mind blown. So that means that in the browser, you can have multiple, yeah. like all of your email accounts in there? Well, it's not multiple multiple email accounts, but the way that I do mine is I have my main email inbox and then I use an absolute ton of filters. So I use filters in a way of, think about it this way. If there's stuff, if there's emails that come in that are important, that I don't need to ever look at while I'm on my phone, while I'm out and about, I have those skip my inbox. So they, I filter them out of my inbox and instead I will tag them with something and then when I get home and on my desktop, and I, I can probably send you a screenshot of this, but I have the main inbox and then over on the right is multiple other inbox, 
inboxes in quotes where this one could be WordCamp related. This one could be this conference related. This one could be client related. So anything that is not something that I would be able to process while I'm on my phone anyway, I just filter it out and have it skip my inbox and then get tagged and with a little star and then it goes into this other inbox. So when I get to my desk, the stuff is right there. And then all I got to do is click the little star to unstar it basically and boop, it pops off that list. That is a thing of beauty. When I worked Mm -hmm. in my corporate job, I had filters set up like that and it is a lifesaver. I'm not kidding. I probably have 300 filters in Gmail. Yeah, that's good. So do you just filter it by contact? So the, the incoming- Filter it by whatever. Like email. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it could be anything. Sometimes name, yes, could sometimes be, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some could be something in the subject line. Um, yeah, it, tons of stuff. Yeah. What if you get email from like an unknown person, like spam or something like that? Then that the first time it will- hit my inbox and I am super diligent about unsubscribing to newsletter lists that I don't want, um, all of that stuff. You just, and here's the thing. Sometimes people are like, sometimes people are kind of, I don't want to say afraid, but they're like, oh, I don't have time to unsubscribe or they think if I, if I click on the unsubscribe, it's going to uh, subscribe me to a list. So, what I do is about, uh, you know, once a month. So if, if I don't have time to go through all of those unsubscribes at the at that time, I'll just let them kind of build up at the bottom of the inbox and then like, you know, glass of wine and Saturday afternoon and just unsubscribe while you're watching TV or whatever. But it really, really helps. Or I'll filter them. If it's some, like I've got one where I've unsubscribed to a list like about a dozen different times. Now I just filter that email to go straight into the trash. Yeah, that this tip alone, I mean, we've sh- shared some really great tools so far, but setting up these filters and being smart about email management, I think will benefit so many listeners. The amount of time you can save mm-hmm. is and it just fantastic. Yeah, it doesn't take long to set up those filters either. In fact, I'm sure there's YouTube videos out there or whatever. So yeah, if you're not utilizing that, I don't get as many emails as I used to. So I'm pretty good about managing it. I'm still going to put mm-hmm. some filters in place though. Yeah, you. I forget. Th- I forgot about yeah that and how much it helps. <laughs> That way, turkey. Made you look. It's funny. The the thinking about the dealing with email in context is so important because if you're on your phone and if, if you're in line at the grocery store, you could potentially process half of your inbox while you're standing there just by being able to have the stuff that's not important that you couldn't physically process while out mobile anyway. Like if that stuff just doesn't show up in your list, it doesn't take up that brain space. So yeah, filters, moving stuff so that you're only seeing it in the context where you can is it's life-changing. It really is. Like, it, it's crazy. Have you ever been out with friends or whatever and you look over and your friend has, like, that little number above their email and it's, like, 3,642? 
Don't you want to just grab their phone and just stomp on it? I really do. I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> the worst one I saw was literally 110,000. <laughs> why? Like, why do you even have email? Like, what's the point? I actually, a friend of mine who I used to work with, we were on some sort of a call and I saw that and... um she had 5,000 and I full on shamed her. Like I just was, I was relentless. And she went in and created like a bunch of filters and got that number down to like into the like low hundreds. Now still low hundreds. That's for me, there's just no way. Like if, if my email is like two digits, like I'm like, ah. but you know, going from 5,000 down to a couple hundred, that's pretty, That's pretty good. good. Yeah, and yeah. at what point in time do you just check the little checkbox at the top that selects everything and just go, you know what? I'm just going to delete and start over because yeah. there's oh, no yeah. way I'm going to get through all this. I mean, at 110,000, you have to think so much of that is just garbage. Mm. And, you know, I spend, I, I get probably dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds of emails a day from like notifications from GitHub or, you know, whatever, just because I'm, I'm on a team that generates a lot of that type of content. I don't need to see those. Filter, filter, Just notifications, filter. right? Yeah. You can go in yeah. and turn all that stuff off. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Speaking yeah. of GitHub, we do, you and I use GitHub to organize this podcast and it's working out great. I really enjoyed it. It reminds me a lot of Trello. Very much, yeah. Um, so interestingly, I set up our GitHub using, um, they've, they've got a feature in there called Projects. And when you do that, you can set it up with the Kanban style layout. So it's like the columns with tickets and you just kind of move the little cards along the path. The further they get to the right, the closer they are to done. Um, and yeah, it's it's something, isn't it? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And you, we can store all of our files in there. Um, set notification settings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's worked out really well for us. Yeah, so project management, I have been moving, I've, I've literally tried every project management tool on the internet. If, if somebody has built one, I've probably tried running it. Um, so the funny thing is, I, I really like your idea of kind of using Todoist, but where I like GitHub is that's where I spend the bulk of my time dealing with like my work related stuff. Um, so I am so thrilled that that's where the project management happens. It's not like we're t making comments on tickets and then I then have to go transcribe that information over to a, uh, you know, over to something like Asana or Basecamp or something like that. Like that process would suck. Like anytime you're doing double work, sucks. So having where the work happens be the same spot as to where the project management happens, it's uh, it, a very eye-opening experience is what it was when I first learned about that. Yeah, definitely. And I haven't minded because I used Todoist for everything else, but what I've done is Todoist I treat as just like my personal, the stuff that I've got to work on. So I don't right. really share any of those projects with anybody else. Right. You know, so most of the... Most of the time I try just to stick to one tool, but yeah, it's been great just to have a tool, that separate tool for just us, Yeah, for GitHub. It's been really nice, even on my end. 
Good, good. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. it's, I, I enjoy it. And, you know, because I also build the website, I'm able to put the tickets in there that are website related stuff. So if you, if you run into anything, you could just go in and put a ticket in there. It'll show up on my list. Just yeah. assign it to me. Oh, and here's the, here's the hidden, the hidden treasure in using these types of tools. You and I, we don't need to communicate all week because we can communicate in these tickets. Mm-hmm. So we know when things are completed. We know when files have been uploaded or when things are happening. So, and we also do all of our planning in there. Yeah. So we literally hop on this call on Zoom. That's the tool we use for this, this weekly call. And we already know what's going on. So we take a couple minutes to catch up and then we can just hit record and, and keep cruising along. So that's really nice too. You know, that is, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about the amount of time that we spend kind of on that ancillary stuff while we're on the call is really brought to a minimum because we're using other tools to kind of prep and have all of the information at our fingertips ready to go. Yeah. How long do you think it took us to set our working environment up, like our workflows? Um... I don't know. We probably took a day or two of just kind of like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Like, you know, within a, as far as like actual physical hours of doing it, maybe, you know, two or three hours tops, I would say. But it was over the course of a couple of days while we just, you know, tried some stuff out and said, okay, here you go. I'm going to put this in place. What do you think? And then, you know, a little back and forth and we were off and running. Yeah. And then that's it. Once it's set up, it's super easy. Yeah. And then when we yeah. need to make any adjustments in our workflow, we just shoot each other a note and it's done. So it's yeah. so easy. Yep. Anything that, um, anytime you can kind of remove the, the friction, you're just, you're pushing everything forward and you just kind of free it up. That's, again, we got into doing this podcast because we wanted something that was kind of like what I call that edutainment, which is you're going to learn something, but hopefully you're enjoying your time and we're entertaining you a little bit. But if we're not actually enjoying it on this side, if the process sucked, we wouldn't do it. It would just end. Yeah, we would get stuck in the process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that you do that I love, and we have to share this, is when you want to share information about something that you run across or show me how to do something, let's say in GitHub or whatever tool we're using, Mm -hmm. you pop open a screen capture, you know, app or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and you send it over in a video. And yes, I learned that from you're the person that taught me how to do that. And I stole it, by the way. I use it also. Good. That saves so much time. You just do a little screen capture. You you can speak while you're recording whatever it is that you're doing on your screen. And you can send it over in a video and just show someone what you're talking about. Great tip for like customer service or if you want to show a client something or share information. Family I, tech support. Family tech support. Yes, or to 
your parents or whoever that you're helping with <laughs> computer stuff. Yeah. So I will tell you, I, um, I've used a few different versions of, of this and there's several different ways that you can do it. Um, if you're on a Mac, they, they now have a, uh, like you hit shift command five and it will pop open a little screen and it'll, you can either do a screenshot or you can do a, um, or a video, um, with, with narrative over the top or not your choice. Um, the biggest trick that I always ran into with that was how am I going to then transfer transfer that those files to somebody else? And I've tried a few different ones. Um, uh, TechSmith has a um, has a product out there that is pretty decent called Screencast Screencast.com. Um, but a lot of those had some sort of like either monthly or annual fee, and they were always limited by how much space you were allowed to use. And for me, that just it didn't work. Like they were they were kind of. Too much money. Here's the thing. I really shouldn't. I should clarify. There's no amount of money that I would pay that would be too much money for the amount of value it saves me. But um, at, at the end of the day, I don't want it to be an expensive thing. And a buddy showed me a tool called DropShare, and it. So instead of using the standard Apple version, I use this thing called DropShare. And uh, so it's just a little icon that's up in my toolbar and I click on it. I drag the little bar, or, you know, drag a box to show what part of the screen I want to record, hit record. And here is where the, the super value is. I have a hosting account for a domain name, which is... Uh, just like, oh, I think it's VegasGeek.net or something like that or VegasGeek.org. So it's just like a, a slight variation off of my main domain. But I pay like super cheap, like $2 a month or something for hosting up there. When I do this recording, as soon as I hit save, it automatically uploads the file to my server. It scrambles the name of the file. So it's like a you know, somebody's not going to just accidentally type it, you know, it's expense report, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, but it, it puts the file up onto my server and it copies the URL into the clipboard. So I literally do the recording and while it's uploading, I just go over to my email and I'll start typing, Hey Cree, remember that thing that you asked me about? Here you go. Paste, drops the link in there and I'm done. Yes, because I use Screencast, and you're right, okay. there's, there's a limit. So it's a, I think it's a 10-minute limit, but I use it for the free version, and then mm -hmm. their logo's on there, which, you know, if mm -hmm. I had clients, that would probably be a big deal if I was sending videos to clients. Right. Um, but yeah, I still have to download that file and then upload it to a new email, and it's just like that three extra steps, so... yeah. Yeah, just to have everything automated like that, it really saves so much time. So I will tell you that um, I, I drop share was like a one-time payment. I think it was like 15 bucks or something like that. Like it's super, super simple. Not going to break the bank. And then, like I said, I pay... Um, actually, I because I buy my domain names at Namecheap, I just signed up for one of their super inexpensive hosting plans and that's where I dump it. Here's the trick on that. Because I don't want this stuff to just like accumulate forever, what I did was 
Um, I set this up last year. So I, I created a folder called 2018. Inside of that 2018 folder, if you try to go to it, you can't see it because I've got it blocked. So there's an index file in there so you can't see it. But anything that's in there for 2018, I will leave there until the end of 2019. And at the end of 2019, I'll just go delete the 2018 folder because all of those files are probably dead by that time anyway. And I don't mm -hmm. hot link it to like post it on a site or anything like that. If I was going to do that, I would host those straight onto YouTube. And I think you can even connect uh, your DropShare account straight to YouTube. So there's a lot of those types of things that you can do. But my idea is I'll keep stuff up there for a, at, at least a year and then I'll just dump it off there. So like even the storage is just always kind of being refreshed. Yeah. So yeah, super simple. That's a good idea. Yeah. So do you tr use DropShare to transfer like all your files? Because I use a tool called WeTransfer. Uh, anytime I anytime I need to send files to a client. So if we have people mm -hmm. out doing an excursion, we take a video of everybody's Unity session and any photos we take, we'll share that with the client. So I just sure. send that over using WeTransfer, but it looks like I could probably use DropShare for that too. I use DropShare for yeah. that as well. Any file that I need to send to somebody, because again, that thing just sits up in the in the toolbar. Mm -hmm. So I can literally grab a file right out of Finder, hover it over to there, and it'll upload it and copy the URL to the clipboard. Mm -hmm. So it's so simple. It's oh, I simple. Like it. I like simple. it. What marketing tools or apps are you using? So here's an interesting one. None. None. I'm not using any. What about Canva? All right. Okay, I guess I am using that. Uh, yeah. uh, all right, you win. You win. <laughs> we do use Canva. We use Canva for the creation of all of our graphics here at, well, what the fuck. Um, that is one super great tool. I don't know if you know this. I'm not a designer at all. <laughs> But with Canva, there's so many just kind of like pre-built, I guess we should probably talk about what the heck Canva is. So Canva is an online service that lets you create graphics and they have just an absolute crap ton of pre-built templates and template parts and pieces that you can use that even a guy like me with virtually no design skills whatsoever, I can actually put together a decent looking graphic. They've got templates that are properly sized for Facebook, for your Facebook cover, for the Twitter cover. Um, but I'm lucky because in this particular project, I work with somebody who's really good at this stuff. You just go in and make all of the templates. And then all I have to do, you send it over, you just share the document with me. And then all I have to do each time is I open it up, delete the text that's in there, put in the new um, episode title, and hit download, and it's ready to go. Oh, it's so simple. Yeah, that tool saves so much time. I have been using Canva for three years now, mm -hmm. and I use it not only, you and I use it, and as you mentioned, you can share it. So anybody you invite can go in, and they can modify, they can do whatever they want to the design. So it's also a great co-working space. For, for, uh, for, for graphic elements? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have used Canva for probably 80% of 
the marketing for all my brands. That's great. For three years now. I don't have Photoshop. There's filters really? in there. Yeah. I just, wow. I use that. I also use, um, I use Adobe Spark, which is mm-hmm. a lot like Canva. And I, I actually use both of those tools because Adobe Spark, you have access to more like stock images and it's built right into yeah. the tool. So Canva is kind of limited on the stock images if you need those for any of your marketing. Um, then I would suggest using Spark, Adobe Spark. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I stopped using most of the Adobe products a while back myself, mainly just because um, even when even with the switch to the subscription model, it was a little expensive for me because, you know, I've, again, I'm not really a graphics guy, but at the same time, I still need to um, resize an image or crop an image here and there. Um and paying like $30 a month or $40 a month for Adobe just was, it was overkill and it was just silly. Um, I found an editor called Pixelmator and it's just a Mac app, um, but there's also an iPhone version of it. And, you know, with something like Photoshop, you know, I was probably using 1% of the actual capabilities of Photoshop. So, why not spend $60 one time for Pixelmator and then still have all of the same functionality, layers, cropping, all of the stuff that, you know, is super basic for a, you know, normal user, <laughs> but, or for like an advanced user, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, super simple. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that one? I haven't heard of that one. I was using, I think I was using um, Pixlr. P-I-X-L-R. Okay. Right, and they're, they're a web-based one, right? They're a web-based one, and they've recently changed their interface. It's not as like user-friendly. I think they make you download Flash. I'm like, hey, guys. Whoa. Yeah. So that's a little outdated now, the Flash technology. Um, so I've been looking for another one, so I'll have to try out Pixelmator. Yeah, try Pixelmator. It's, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Pretty good. So I use those tools to do all the design work for my marketing. And Mm -hmm. then um, I recently started using, because I have so many different brands and all of them require, you know, hours of social media scheduling, content creation, Mm -hmm. messaging. um, And I recently started using later.com. Later.com. I haven't heard of it. L-A-T-E-R. So I was using Buffer for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I tried Planoly for a little while, but I recently started using Later.com, and it's awesome. You can store all your content in the tool. It's it's ideal for Instagram. I think it was originally built for Instagram, but you can do Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also Pinterest. Wait a second. Are you telling me that it will it post to yes. Instagram for you? Yes, now it will auto post. And they just launched Here's another thing that's great about using these tools, not only does it automatically post things for you, but anytime mm-hmm. like Facebook makes a change or Instagram makes a change in anything in their platform, I automatically get an email that educates me on this new change and then I can make an adjustment to my content strategy. 
Oh, wow. That matches with the latest and greatest stuff that's out there. So my biggest problem, I, I love Instagram. It's one of my favorites. Uh, actually, it is my flat out favorite social media platform. Just It's just visual and you can just consume it anywhere and it's so great. But the biggest problem with it is um, the the posting to it for me is such a pain because I what I end up doing, and this is funny, I actually use Evernote for this. I will, I will create the graphic on my laptop and I will write out the entire blurb of what I want to say, hashtags, this, that, the other. I will drop all of that into a note in Evernote on my desktop, pop it open in my on my phone, copy it to the clipboard, save the image, then open up Instagram, drop in. The, like, it's so many freaking steps. So, and later you can actually save, like, um, for instance... Spark Women's Retreat. I have mm-hmm. all of my hashtags. You can save them in the tool. So they have everything built in really, really nicely. You can also schedule mm-hmm. stories to Facebook or to Instagram. Um, you can schedule all your posts. You can also upload like an image. So I'll upload a full-size image. And depending on the whatever the social media channel is. So, uh, you know, every channel has a different size constraint for their images. Right, right. You can you can change and crop the image directly in the tool. So when I'm posting across all four of those social media channels, mm-hmm. I can go, I can do like one generic post that kind of starts it off. So I could just type everything once and then I can go to each individual channel and I can resize the image based on that channel. And then also, like, uh, you know, Facebook, you can add a link to wherever you want to send people, whereas Instagram, you don't. So I can make all those adjustments. Right, right, right. I've got all my captions saved, and you can save all sorts of different captions. So you just click a button, and it populates it for you. Yeah. And they have this new functionality <laughs> where you can create a link that you this is for mostly for Instagram. You can create a link that you put in your Instagram profile. So if mm-hmm. you're selling stuff, people are clicking right on that link in your profile and then it goes to like an Instagram styled page where people can go, oh, I like that t-shirt. I'm just going to click here and buy it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's the latest thing and I, I'm loving that tool. Absolutely loving it. Well, I think we probably should have just let off with that one today. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah. So I have pretty much, we have to end this show because I got to just go sign up for later.com right now. Um, so there's that. But before we go, I there's two other tools. So if you're, if you're really in, so before I learned about later.com, I did everything the heathen caveman way. Um either just straight up manual or um, I do like automating different tasks when possible. And one of the tasks that I do like automating was anytime that I post something to Instagram, I want it to automatically go out on Twitter as well. And for that, I use a tool called uh, If This Then That. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? I have, yeah. I've so, used I've used a ton of recipes. Oh, if this cool. then that recipes. Yeah. I love so that tool too. If, IFTTT.com. If this then that. 
Um, and then there's another one, Zapier, Z-A-P-A-I-R.com. Um, and they both work very, very similarly, but um, some of them have access to different tools than the other. So where one might connect to your WordPress account and also to Twitter and Facebook, et cetera, other ones don't. So, um, but I will tell you, anything that you think that you want to automate between any of your any of these tools that we've talked about today, even, um, I would go take a look at IFTTT or Zapier and just go type in the names of those tools and then see what other things those things connect to. Because you will be so surprised. One of the things that is super powerful in there, and it's uh, it's in Zapier, is um, on WordPress, I use a form plugin called Gravity Forms. And you can connect Gravity Forms to damn near anything. So if you wanted, if somebody fills out a Gravity Form, you want it to shoot into your CRM, done, piece of cake. You want a separate email that does XYZ, great. You want to dump them into a marketing funnel, easy. Um, <clears throat> the amount of different things that you can kind of connect it to uh, is will blow your mind. Um Initially, it's going to suck the life out of you because it's going to drain your entire weekend as you as your mind races with all the things you can do. But once you get them set up, the amount of time that you can save yourself, anytime that you're doing like double data entry, you need to be looking at something like IFTTT. It's yeah, anything you can automate. Yeah. Anything you can automate and just adopting that mindset for myself as a business owner, or even when I wasn't, when I was working as an executive, like anything you can automate, it's worth the time uh, to put into setting that up. And then you can just set it and forget it. It's, it's a life changer. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any last minute ones? Um, I'm going to download Alfred right now. Nice. I'm going to go sign up for later.com yeah. right yeah. now. How about you out there, listener? What tool are you using that uh, you've just been waiting for us to say and you're just sitting there going, you idiots, why are you not using? <laughs> I don't know. You fill in the blank. Yeah, definitely. I want to hear, uh, definitely. And CRM tools. We didn't cover CRM, but I want to hear what you oh. guys are using for CRM. If, if you're not, if, we, if you don't have something to share that we haven't shared, let me know what CRM you're using. I'm looking for I have one. I'll tell you about it afterwards. Okay. If you want to know, if you want to know what it is, drop me a note in the uh, show notes on the on our website, wellwtf.com. Otherwise, head on over to iTunes and drop us a little review. It does a lot for us. We would really appreciate it. Cree, we should do this again soon. Let's do it. Farewell, everyone. And that's a wrap on another fine episode of the Well What the Fuck podcast. It would mean the world to us. And by us, I mean John and Cree. They're not paying me enough to be that invested. But as I was saying, it would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review. And don't forget to head over to wellwtf.com. I'm sure they're trying to push something on you over there. Enjoy the turkey.